With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill-up. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. Hey, Nuggets Nation. You're listening to the Pickaxe. Now, here's your hosts, the Denver Stiffs. Official, we are no longer the Pickaxe Podcast. We are officially the Pickaxe Show because we are now part of the Nothing But Net Radio Network, which is on Dash Radio. Uh, make sure you want to give that, give them a follow over there at, at NBN Dash Radio. That's the Nothing But Net Radio. All kinds of great stuff over there. Uh, different different shows on all different teams. You get a little couple of you know some music mixes. Maybe you can listen to while you're you know I don't know maybe shooting some hoops or whatever you're doing. Uh, just really, really cool, really cool stuff. And then Dash Radio is huge. They got all kinds of stuff. So um, make sure to check that out. I am, of course, Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. That has not changed. Um, make sure to check us out as well. And then follow us on at uh, Twitter at DenverStiffs, Instagram at TheDenverStiffs, and over on Facebook. Make sure to give us a like. And I say this every week, and I will continue. You're one, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Because you will find stuff on all those social media platforms that you're not necessarily going to find on our site. Um, we had the we had the, the coolest thing I think this week was uh, there's a video our uh, our social media coordinator Jeremy Poli did this great uh, he kind of did this great mock up of uh, of the Nuggets to kind of towards like the intro from the Wire uh, for all of you Wire fans out there which me and uh, me and one of our co-hosts Mr. Gordon Gross who I'll get to in just a second had a big had a big tangent about earlier today but um that's the kind of cool stuff you'll find uh on those platforms so make sure to check them out all right enough stalling let's get uh let's get right into the co-host as i said i do have mr gordon gross from down in colorado springs on with us tonight gordon what's up not much man just starting to snow down here so uh instead i'm in talking to you guys there you go is it um you know it was did it snow earlier because it was snowing uh earlier here as well nah it's been it's been threatening all day but it finally got here so must be winter, I guess. Go. There you go. Well, also joining us from down in Colorado Springs is Ashley Douglas. Ashley, what's up? What's up? How's it going? It is. Uh, it is going great. We're, um, you know, diving into what is this now? Week two. Uh, week two of the the regular season out there with our Denver Nuggets. Uh, not going so great for them uh, with the with the with the way they've opened up. 
but um, we'll, we'll, I want to get into a bunch of different stuff this this week because it's it's I don't know I th- I don't want to get too negative but there's I think there's some stuff that we've seen early on in the season that's definitely worth talking about and and, and going over because the let, let's be honest the Nuggets haven't looked uh, very good in the majority of their games thus far. Uh, and then we have some big news as well, or, or rumor, I guess we'll, we'll call it right now with Eric Bledsoe. Um, he's obviously, he's obviously either, either very happy, dis- unhappy with the Phoenix suns or very unhappy with the hairstylist. We're not quite sure depending on who you believe, but either way it's led to trade rumors involving the Denver nuggets. So we want to talk about that. And then, uh, tomorrow night, the, uh, nuggets are in Brooklyn to take on the nets. Uh, so if we get some time here at the end, we'll go ahead and, uh, take a look at forward at the nets and that will be the show. So without further ado, let is, let's get right into it. And I want to get, like I said, let's just, let's get the venting. Uh, let's get the venting out of the way. I want to start and I'm going to, I want to go all the way back. Um, to Monday night, that was uh, when the Nuggets played the Wizards. It was their second home game before they went on to this road trip, um, and they played played a they played a sloppy game. I mean, to be honest, it wasn't it wasn't um, anything pretty. But they hung in there in in, in the end, and, and they had a chance to win. And then and then Nikola Jokic, he he he's wiping sweat off of his brow. He's you know he grabs his jersey to wipe some sweat off his brow. As they as they call the timeout, Washington did. Scotty Brooks is is marching all the way out to to the center of the free throw line there. And as as Nicola raises his arm, he bumps into Scotty Brooks, who I mean it, it, it's it's the first coaching flop that I've ever seen, uh, at least. And then and then right after that, Scott Brooks then goes to the ref to make sure to point out, hey, I, Jokic just bumped into me. And of course, they give Jokic a technical foul. Um, which which the the uh, wizards of course convert it becomes a four point game and or th- three point game at that point and then they they score and it's over. Um, here's the thing that really bugs me about it. After the game, he tells us, "Oh, I I didn't think that was intentional." And I'm like, "Well, if you, if you didn't think it was intentional, then why did the first thing you do was go run over to the ref to tell him about it?" Which means basically you knew it was a total bush league move, but you were going to pull it anyways because you wanted your team to get that extra point and then and then get the win, which I get, I get it, but let's call it what it is. It's it's a one hundred percent bush league move. Um, Gordon, what is is Scotty Brooks? Do you think? Let me ask you this: Should he be fined by the league for flopping? <laughs> well, I I think it set a nice precedent. Like, come on, if you're going to find the the players <laughs> for it, you might as well find the coach. Um, exactly. It, on I just. It was very, very frustrating to, to watch because right before that, Nikola Jokic had been shoved in the back with two hands, gone to the floor, no foul call. 20 seconds before that, right. Paul Millsap, you know, got – or well, I guess I guess the the possession before that for the Nuggets, Paul Millsap got fouled, no call. Um, the possession right before this, um, Nikola Jokic went straight up in the air – uh, got called for a foul while being directly vertical, and even the Wizards broadcast were like, "Well, I don't think that's a foul. I can't believe they called that." When the exactly. the announcers for the other team are like, "Why are they calling that a foul?" and they're saying, "Oh, Millsap is not getting fouls," but then this technical on Brooks, oh, just is one of those infuriating things. It, it, the Nuggets didn't lose this game because of the refs, just from the refing. You know, they lost it from their own mistakes, but. 
I am still right. waiting for for the Nuggets to ever ever get some respect from the referees um, for any of their players. I mean, Millsap has been drafted into this Nuggets get no foul calls thing. Um, where he used to get them, and now he's finding out he doesn't get any calls in the West because he's with right. the Nuggets, and that's how that works. Just aggravating. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. Like, especially with what you said, look, it's not it's not why the Nuggets lost. And that's the thing, too, is they were down two points, and then they they get that technical foul call, and then they were down by three. Um, if, if Kenneth Freed rotates properly on defense oh. and he was brought in solely to play defense uh, for that <laughs> possession yep. if he if he rotates properly um and, and covers what was it, it was it was, pro- it was probably a john wall right who had to have gone i believe it was uh, yeah right right if he was i just remember it was somebody was going right by murray so i'm guessing it was john wall because that was happening all night but um if you know if freed rotates over there and, and covers that and and defends the shot and makes a miss uh, then they're still down by three points, and they can take a three-pointer to at least try and tie it. Uh, so it, it, in no way it doesn't lose them the game. I think they had, what, like 23 turnovers. Um, but I, I, I think, Gordon, I mean, we, we have that frustration, right, because it's been like – it's been like this for for like as long as I can remember being a Nuggets fan, it's, right? It's I mean, just a trend. It's, it has happened forever, and especially the 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 last two minute you know write ups are not helping me with getting over this trend because I keep saying, well, you know all those yes. calls we made for you, yeah, those were bogus calls, are bad. Uh, moving on, and then they just keep happening. Right. It's very frustrating. Here, here's a loss. Here's a loss. Enjoy it. Um, Ashley, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like the Nuggets get get like the the what would you call it the short whistle, or they get a bad whistle from the refs? Yeah, I don't think the refs pay as much attention to the Nuggets, and I don't know if it's. I mean, it has to be intentional, right? Because it keeps happening. But maybe the Nuggets just aren't. They don't garner that much attention, and so they're not they're not focusing on it. But it's definitely evident, uh, especially when you get these reports that come out, and it's like all right, well, great. You know, one game could, could cause them to miss the playoffs. And it's like, you know, obviously again, they didn't miss the, or lose this game because of a ref call, but, but kind of right. Cause they could have <laughs> kinda, ultimately right. won, you know, I mean, <laughs> so it's, well, it's, those yeah, four, it's yeah, the four call didn't, didn't help the four, the four calls in a row that got missed in the last two minutes, you know, certainly right. were not yeah. helpful for the nuggets overcoming their own mistakes. And I guess that's really it right. is that other teams get the chance they they throw up a terrible three by jumping into somebody and get to take three shots. Well, the yeah. team they do that against is usually the Nuggets. It's not the Nuggets getting to do that against someone else. Right, exactly. Right. It's almost like it, it make it makes you almost feel like. Um, I mean, I, I know. So like back in the back in the two thousands, you always felt like they got a bad whistle, but it was really magnified because I think they were always playing the Lakers or the Spurs um, in the playoffs, and you ever notice everything more in the playoffs, and it always seemed like they were getting a bad whistle then um, against those teams, which which probably is true to a point because you know Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant get calls. Uh, that's that's just the way it works in the NBA, but. Um, it almost seems like there there was a time where they were gonna start. They, it wasn't as as prevalent, and then they got Gallo, and Gallo was so like just notorious. I mean, he was when the when the league sent out a video saying, "Hey, this is what we now consider flopping." Um, Gallo was like he was at least featured once um, <laughs> right. on that 
on, <laughs> on that video. So I almost think that it's like... Now it's going to be Scott Brooks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It should be. Yes. That would be great. We should... Um, uh, we should... <laughs> We should we should get Jeremy to make a video of that as well, like a, a mock league warning video about coach, right. coach <laughs> That'd flopping. That'd be great. <laughs> coach right, yep. flopping is yeah, now a thing. I mean, that just shows how desperate Scott Brooks was at that point, right? And that's kind of alarming. If I was a fan of the Washington Wizards, I'd be like, okay, well, I mean, so you're not going to coach. You're going to rely on your own personal flopping to, like, <laughs> you know, change the outcome of the game. I don't know. I just thought it was. It's pretty desperate. <laughs> it was Bush League, right? But uh, but let yeah. me ask this: but is it also not smart? Because it was. for sure, yeah, right. It's like I mean, James Harden, right? Win. It's that kind of a mentality. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get you on these little technical ticky tack things, and then I'm gonna use that to my advantage, which it works. So I it mean. works. It sucks though. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, let's um let's get into the next gripe, which is. Uh, everything which else, is, yeah. which is the <laughs> everything, everything else. No, I, I mean it's the um, it's the offense. I want to, I want to get into the offense. And look, uh, I, I don't want to talk. The Hawks, the Hawks are such a terrible team that like I don't, I don't even look at that game, um, and even really consider it. Um, I want to talk about basically the last or the first four four games of the season because the Nuggets only scored like 106 points, I think was the highest score, which was that Washington game that they lost. Or it might have been 104 um, that they ended up getting on that night. But otherwise, you know, they're, 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 they're scoring under 100 points every night. Uh, they look they look completely just disoriented. Um, Jokic, yeah, Jokic looks really hesitant. Then everybody says, hey, you're being really hesitant. So then the next guy, like almost just to prove a point, he's like, all right, I'll go out and take take four or five shots right off the bat, make them. So the only point he proves is that he also proves everybody else's point. That like, hey, yeah, you should be shooting it more. Um, then then the next game, he's hesitant again, but he's also super efficient. So you're like, well, you can't be too, you know, too harsh on him. But but it, when the team loses that game to Charlotte and just gets blown out, you know, at the same time, you're like, man, this it's 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 just not working. Um, Ashley, what what do you think is the issue right now with the Nuggets offense? Well, I think primarily it starts with the uh, de-emphasizing playing through Nikola Jokic. And I've been saying this so much, but it's like that was working last season. Why did we change that? We fixed right. what's not broken. Like, what? I don't. So now what's happened is you've taken this team where they got some experience working with Nicola running the offense last season. Right. And now you've added some new players. So hopefully you just get to kind of keep going. Those new players catch up. No, you've, you've totally changed everything. Everybody's now starting at square one again. Right. Everybody's back to kind of like, okay, I don't know how we start over. It's, it's just, it's crazy to me. I don't understand why they would do that. Right. And it, yeah. it seems like, I mean, well, so here's the thing, like, if you think about it, last year the starting lineup, um, at least at least there at the end of the season, but they're making their run to the playoffs and they were probably playing their best. Um, they had Jameer Nelson at point guard; he's no longer on the team. Uh, Gary Harris. They had Danilo Gallinari at small forward; he's no longer on the team. Uh, they had probably Kenneth, Kenneth Farid, I think, was playing was starting at at um, power forward at that point. Um, it, or or Wilson Chandler, but so he's either a guy who's now on the bench or a guy who's now playing small forward, um, and then Nikola Jokic. So they're, they they've gone through quite a bit of change in their starting lineup, and so I try to somewhat be, you know, still try and try and be calm and be like, well, you know, they they yeah, I can see why they still need to work some kinks out. 
At yeah, the same but that's time. not it, man. That's yeah. All right. Well, what 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 do you think it is, then, Gordon? Well, because the problem is not that there are different people trying to do the same thing that they did last year. They have different people trying to do different things than they did last year. Right. So there's true. no there's no comfort zone for anybody. Like they're using their 20 and 21 year old point guards to handle the ball a lot. A lot. Yeah. Like Jokic is standing out in the short corner a lot. Well, not the short corner, rather the short three. Like right. he's yeah. out he's out on the short three just standing there for no reason, doing nothing. No one looks at him. No one tries to pass him the ball. He's not out there to spot up shoot. He's not out there to drive the basket. He's just standing it's around. It's almost like he's just he's just standing out there to draw a guy out of the lane. Uh, right. But the, but, but no one's coming out of the lane because right. they and don't actually pass him the ball. The yeah, right. they they don't pass the ball to his side. It's the most it's the oddest thing watching a team that obviously had four months of footage on how you could maximize, you know, the number one offense in in all the land, and they didn't right. use any of it, and they and they went to a, a completely different offense that's valuing um, point guard uh, possessions and um, driving the basket in isolation and all sorts of terrible things combined with just obnoxiously uh, careless turnovers, like behind yeah. the back, between the legs. <laughs> long distance like you're looking at it and and it's a bunch of kids who are trying to pass the ball like it's a ncaa game except these guys are years removed from the ncaa or never played it so i just i haven't figured out why they decided to revamp the offense to not feature Jokic. if you're gonna if you're gonna you know have Millsap in there, I understand that maybe you're like, well, we, we should make you feature Millsap, but they're not featuring Millsap either. They're featuring guard play. Right. And uh, right. why you would design an offense around the worst part of your team, I have no idea. Around Emmanuel Moutier? Yeah. But what we've decided <laughs> to do is oh make Emmanuel the ball handler. We've just fired our long-term point guard who might be able to make this work because he actually has run an offense successfully to the finals in this league, you know, and instead we're relying on, on maybe the worst point guard of his age to ever play in the NBA. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what are you doing and why is this the plan that everybody spent all summer coming up with? So that's why it frustrates me. Like, yeah. it's not just the, the, um, the unit cohesion and the understanding of each other, which is going to take obviously some time because people have shifted positions and people are doing different things, but we're not even trying to do the same thing we did last year. So everyone is doing something different, which is terrible, terrible planning. Right. Yeah. Well, I just think it's crazy. It's, like what? Go ahead, Zach. I was going to say just real quick. Like what I, what I noticed in that, in that Charlotte game, um, especially in the first quarter, it, it, how you're right. It was, but it, it's almost like Jamal. I, I I don't know if it's so much design as it is also just the inexperience of the two point guards because it was almost like Jamal is having a hard time figuring out. Okay, how do I? And if you'll notice, there's one guy I think last season in that whole time, uh, one guy who did not have, um, uh, who did not get a boost in his net rating when he was playing with Jokic. Um, and that was Jamal Murray. And right. and I think it's almost to the point that he he has to have the ball. He he knows how to score for himself and he knows how to create for himself. And we saw that we saw him be assertive um in that first quarter of Charlotte, but it's like he doesn't know how um 
to work within that Jokic offense. He seems like the guy who's still who's still trying to learn it. And and Moutier, there is I just don't. I, I mean, he's just he's just reckless. And so it's like it, it's a lot of deja vu to what like we were going through with Jameer Nelson at the beginning of the year last year, where he was trying to like learn how to play in this Jokic offense. So maybe maybe Murray figures it out, and maybe then we don't see as much of that guard play like you were talking about, Gordon. But um, it's possible. It's what rough. were you saying, Ashley? What were you what were you going at? Yeah, go ahead. Well, so I just I'm I'm baffled at how like Mike Malone seems to like not have a clue like what's wrong like what do you mean yeah how do you not know what's going on like don't you know what we did last season and the great success that we started having in January where am I crazy like well what bugs <laughs> me I'm in the twilight zone <laughs> what bugs me is it's 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 like look we had what 82 games last year. We had two entirely different offenses. Well, really, three entirely different offenses. Because first, last year, we tried Falcon Buddy Ball, which did not work. Right. Then we then we tried the um, build around Nurkic in the starting lineup, which didn't work. Then we did the Jokic Save Our Ass, which did work. Uh, and then this year, we've tried a fourth different offense. And at the end of, you know, uh, two seasons ago, we had a fifth or sixth different offense because we did try Balkan Buddy Ball again at the end of that year. Plus, we still weren't building around Jokic at that time. You've had about nine in the last 90 or so games, you know, you've had five different offenses for this team. Right, Only right, one of them has worked right, right. and we're not using it now. And, yeah, it, well, but and we know which one it is. Yeah. Like, it's obvious. We all know which one worked. Yeah. All right, I've, I've got, I've got again, I've got a take on this, and and Ashley is not gonna like it, um, because there, there, there was there was another offensive switch that we made last season before it really started to work, um, which is they switched the starting point guard from Emmanuel Mudiay to Jameer Nelson, and we don't have Jameer Nelson yes, anymore. Yes, that's true. And, yep, and that right. I, I I keep like I keep going back to the point guards because it's it's I yeah. I just don't think they can. They can. They can't well, run. As we said, they can't. And they've run been an asked offense. to do it, right? Yeah, they've they've been asked to do something that they obviously can't do. The only reason Jamal Murray or Emmanuel Mudiay at this point can be point guards is because they play with Jokic, who takes all of the yes. burden and right. all of the touches. So if you then exactly. make them do normal point guard stuff that John Wall is doing or Damian Lillard is doing, they will be terrible at it. And so far, they have been terrible at it. It's just a I can't believe that we're still going through this and that after the entire <laughs> summer and off season, you know, this is what they worked on. Although apparently I listened to, you know, Adam's podcast and he reminded me that, um, you know, Malone said, I didn't work on offense in training camp. We're just going to work on defense. Right. Okay. Wait, to, but, but, but we're going to change credit, it. The defense looks oh way better. Okay. So, okay, here's the thing. Jamal, the only reason I was excited for Jamal Murray to play point guard, like you said, Gordon, is because Nikola Jokic. Right. It runs through him. But right. if he's if, if, if it's not going to run like that, Jamal Murray is not your point guard. He's a shooting guard. Yes. Right. So, right. And, and maybe he's your backup shooting guard because, you, I mean, Gary Harris. Because Gary Harris is your primary with, shooting guard. Right. Well, exactly. Right. And that's – so Harris if you're going to make – if you're yeah right yeah two things first off he's got cash <laughs> second off he's better 
So yeah, you're you're gonna run Gary Harris out there, and that's really the problem is they don't have a standard point guard because they threw theirs away the night before the opening season. They don't have a true yeah. point guard, and it's it's crazy to me that they decided right. we need a guy who's not going to play, which was Richard Jefferson. They said we don't expect him to play much. He's gonna be the like human victory cigar, um, Mike Miller he's the role. New Mike Miller. Right. Yeah, right. and because he's Mike Miller. Uh, we needed to fire Jameer Nelson and run with just a two-point guard setup, uh, even though neither of them are actually good point guards who can handle the ball and the responsibilities of being a point guard. It, right. Uh, it, it's not just a Mike Malone problem, It's and it's, it's not that the front office doesn't know what's happening. It's that no one seems to talk to anybody about what they're doing, and it's really concerning to me that we don't seem to have an offensive identity that we're buying into yet, or certainly not one that seems workable. The one that we're pushing seems very much like Balkan Buddy Ball last year, where six weeks from now we're going to go back to please save our ass Jokic Ball. Right. Which we should have done right. from the beginning. Well, I don't and, understand. And and Will Barton Will Barton will be starting at point guard. I Correct. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, well, and then you're clawing of, your way to the playoffs at that point, right. and you may or may not get in. You've you squandered. You've squandered the early part of the it's season. It's Groundhog Day, and we're doing the exact yes. same thing that we did last season all over. Yes. Again. And it and you're very you're very true. That's like it's one. I think comparing it to the whole Yusuf Nurkic Nikola Jokic situation is very very on point because the thing it, it, they're forcing the issue again, which is why it was so surprising that they released Jameer Nelson because it's like it's it's almost even worse than the Yusuf Nurkic and Nicole Jokic situation because at least you could say last year Yusuf Nurkic looked really good in the in the preseason like he looked right. like he was yes, he was going to light up the world and and so you're like all right that it makes sense that they're going to go with this and they're going to try and make this work um, are you saying that uh, that Moody yeah. and, and Murray did not light up the uh, the world in the preseason is that what you're telling no me? yeah that's exactly I'm telling you each guy had one good game. And then the rest of the time, they were like, man, they look pretty much exactly like they looked last year. And, and and so did Jameer Nelson, which was like, you know, all right, he's all right. And he's not he's not great, but the, the, the offense seems to look the best when he's in there. And and then they you're, they re, they release him basically the night before opening night. And it's like. Well, again, like you said, they're forcing the issue. They're trying to make this work because they want these young players to work out. But there's nothing to indicate that it's going to, and 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 we're forcing, we're, we're by forcing the issue, we're also picking up these early losses to a team like Charlotte, um, to a game in Utah, which is a game that I did not think they should have won, uh, beforehand, but the game that they should have won clearly by the time, <laughs> by the time the third, third quarter, quarter rolled around, yeah, yeah, you should have had it. Well, and keep exactly. in mind, like Jokic isn't. It's not that he's getting he's not getting as many touches as last year. Like he's getting as many touches as last year. In fact, I think he's getting more touches per game and about the same in front court touches. Like he's touching the ball, but it's where he's touching it. He's touching it like three right. steps inside of the half court line and then never touching it again. Or, you know, he's not at the elbows. He's not on the um you know, on the foul line, he's not directing traffic from just outside the paint. People aren't cutting. We're not doing any of the things that we did to try to open up the court and get the ball moved around. He's just touching it. He's not controlling the possessions. Right. And so it, it, the move away from, well, yes, you can't just have him like rub his magic genie dust on the on the basketball. Like he's got to actually be free to make things happen <laughs> with it. And they're not they're not using that. That's not the way that we have created this offense. 
it's, What's interesting to me is like, why do you have Nikola Jokic if you're not going to run the offense through him? Certainly yeah. not because he's super huge under the rim, right? Right. Like so, so what? Like, why, 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 why do we have him now if that's not what we're going to do? Right. Yeah. Like you said, Gordon, his pixie dust is not going to help the Nuggets win games. So, like, <laughs> you know what does What's help us plan? win games? Yeah, you saw the plan. Like, I know that Chris yeah. Finch is no longer here, and people get mad when I bring up the fact that. Chris Finch, you know, it was his offense and his principles, but I don't think his principles are all that complicated. It's not like some, you know, formula that requires goodwill hunting right. to go ahead and figure out. It's not unsolvable. Like, it's how you play is you cut, you pass the ball, you get to the three-point line, you penetrate in, you move out, you go from, you know, you swing things from the high elbow to the to the baseline and then back out to three, guys are ready to shoot. You know, and you always recenter it on Jokic anytime you need to because he will find the right guy. Right. That's it. Like, we're done. That's the right. whole and philosophy. It's over. Gordon, you're hired. You're <laughs> hired. Right. And I mean, and you still, it's, I mean, and not to say that they don't use elements of it because we are, they are still running a lot of dribble handoffs with them and, and with Millsap. Not nearly as many. Um, no. Right. Not, and, and, then, yeah. and then pick and rolls. But right. Not nearly as many as they should be. And that, and that's where the issue is. Um, and and the thing about it is is you're right. There's nothing there's nothing mind blowing about what they're doing, but the fact that but Nikola Jokic's skill set and the fact that he's probably that not even probably he is clearly the best guy in the NBA at being able to throw that touch pass over a defender to a guy cutting um, as he's coming off a dribble handoff or as he's getting an off ball screen from someone. Um, nobody yes. is you know the, all the all these guys need is one step a half a step in front of their defender and then and Jokic is going to get them the ball. So that it's it's not he's what makes it work. So if you're not going to if you're not going to put him in that position to do it, um then well then you're standing around and you got Wilson Chandler doing doing an isolation or or Jamal Murray doing an isolation and when, and turnovers when a, and I mean the turnovers, turnovers I mean he had some obviously, you know, yeah, Jokic, Jokic has Jokic too many turnovers. Right. But right. really, the whole team is just coughing the ball up all the time because they're all handling the ball like they should all be bringing it up court and all be making their own plays like they're all Gallo. They are not all, all Gallo. Yeah. Which Gallo exactly. is your guy that you you that drew a big man out from under the rim, and they're trying to use Nikola Jokic in that fashion. Mm-hmm. It's not working. No. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm the argument for keeping Gallo, of course, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, we know yeah, exactly. You're you're all for all for the gala, which I. But that's the but the, the good point in there is that like yeah, they haven't found a guy to replace that. Like because they have they've tried a little bit with making Jokic maybe stand stand in that corner, which I I don't think is necessarily intentional. I don't think Coach Moan wants him to do that, but that's where he seems. Nobody to go. puts Jokic in the corner. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, well, uh, Dwight Howard sure tried to, um, but um, <laughs> and then and then uh, you've got. Um, you know, the, the Wilson Chandler, they're trying to do it, which which I just don't know what's up with Wilson so far to start this year. Um, He's having a rough fit. Uh, the His role is not meant to be Gallo's role. He does not play the Gallo role. That is not his gift. And right, they're using right. him that way, but he should not be doing that. If anybody does that, it should be Millsap. I mean, honestly, right. uh, the problem is, is that Millsap is, has almost Jokic-level touch someplace in the paint. He's very good at getting the ball up, and when it doesn't go in, he got fouled. He's just not getting the call right now. Um, right. So that's that's his gift. He should not be stuck outside like Gallo was. 
and just charging in. But really, if you want to get a big out of the paint, then you got to use Millsap because he's the other big. And then you can right. swing the ball around to Chandler, who's much more of a um, uh, trying to get closer to the hoop, taking the pass on the bounce. Like he's not a mm-hmm. spot up shooter, and he doesn't create from a dead stop. Those are two things that that are not in Chandler's game and never really have been. And they're using him as the Gallo bait him out, dribble the ball into the ground, and then drive the hoop player. And that the only guy on this team who can do that is Will Barton, who's been looking good, right? Who who seems to be able to fit that. Which is, well, we can. I don't want to get off too much more more onto a tangent on this, but like, yeah, I, I. I don't know. It's my I, podcast, man, and we get up on tangents all the time. Just deal with it. Hey, it's 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 a show. <laughs> it's a show now. Remember this. Well, now show. it's a show, so I guess it's my show. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Hey, no, I was just gonna say though. I mean, it's um. Well, we I I, I can get into a long thing too about about the starting lineup and how I think they can make some changes that would maybe help um, the offensive. Uh, flow of things but we're gonna we, we need to move on so what we're gonna do we'll go ahead we'll, let's take a break um and then when we come back uh i want to get in we, we've talked a lot about about offensive issues it seems like a lot uh a lot of people right now are thinking that eric bledsoe uh might be the cure for what uh for what ails the nuggets so let's get i want to get into those rumors um talk a little bit about how much it would take to get him and then if we've got time we will go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and preview the, the brooklyn nets who are coming up on sunday so we'll be right back been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling heck maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new ac unit whatever your need may be give sun electrical a call They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Stiffs here. I want to tell you about one of my favorite artists from right here in Denver, Colorado, and that's Porter Laurie. 
You're listening to his single, Escape My Skin, right now. And if you're liking what you're hearing, his album, Hell or High Water, is available on iTunes. Also, you can check out his website, porterlory.format.com. That's P-O-R-T-E-R-L-O-R-I dot format dot com. Give him a listen. All right, everybody, welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast. I am Zach Nikosh with DenverStiffs.com. Um, we are back on Nothing But Net Radio. I'm here with Gordon Gross and Ashley Douglas. We spent the whole we spent the whole first half of our show just just uh, arguing about or, or griping about about the Denver Nuggets and and Scotty Brooks. It was a good time. It was it was a venting session. For us, which is which is I think is needed. Therapeutic. I feel much better. Yeah, exactly. I had to get <laughs> yes. it off my chest. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now for the second half of the show, let's. See, I want to get into. I want to get into Eric Bledsoe because that's the big news uh, that 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 came down this week. Um, of course. <laughs> so the 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 sons the sons fire Earl Watson the the coach which which I was disappointed to to, to hear about and um, Gordon you you were there as well that night but the very first night that we got to go to a game um, for the for the Denver Nuggets as as credentialed media members uh, was was back when they were playing the Suns in in Moutier's rookie season and um, so we, we we got to interview you know you, before the pregame you do the the press conferences which is really just a coach standing in a hallway um talking with everybody and and we we did malone uh and then we went over and we and we talked to, to earl watson and earl got off in this entire tangent about how he how he still owns property in denver um how he's renting to will barton uh and it was uh it was just a he was a really funny guy and so i uh i was a little bit sad to hear that he had got fired because he was my first first time i had ever got to interview uh um interview an opposing coach and he he was probably still the best uh, that I've ever had. So um, You're right. that sucked. But uh, but so Eric Bledsoe, of course, um, obviously he probably liked Earl Watson quite a bit as well because right like right before the announcement comes down that that, that Earl's been fired, um, Bledsoe Bledsoe tweets out, "I don't want to be here anymore." Uh, and then and then the next day, of course, he has to go in and explain to the general manager. Um, Ryan McDonough about what his, his 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 tweet was about, and he tries to say that he was at a hair salon and he didn't want to be at the hair salon anymore, uh, which is the lamest excuse anybody's oh, ever come up boy. with. Oh <laughs> boy, can't do anything for, better. You have all night to think about it, and that's what you came up with. And that's I right. Exactly. Didn't hear that till just now. Wow. Uh, that's that's pretty. Yes, that was that was the excuse. Hair salon uh, didn't want to be there anymore. Of course, the sons did not buy it. Uh, sent sent Bledsoe home, uh, and now he's basically he's he's in the same situation that Andre Miller was in with uh, with Brian Shaw to the point where it's just like, all right, go home. You're not going to be at the facility anymore, and we'll let you know when you're traded. Um, so the Nuggets, of course, tied to tied to Bledsoe back all the way back to the draft. Um, when they, they there was rumors about 
uh, about uh, a deal centered around Emmanuel Moutier and the 13th pick um, for for Bledsoe. It it didn't it didn't happen. Um, I'm not sure how far they really ever got on that one, uh, but. Not far but enough. now, now once again that there, there's that, there's that, those mentions again, and once again, Senator around Moutier. There's talk about Fareed because a lot of people think Fareed's disgruntled. I don't know that that's, um, I don't know that the Nuggets are going to trade Fareed, honestly. Um, so let's 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 just start going hypotheticals. We'll go all trade machine on it, uh, Gordon. What? Uh, how much? How much would be too much? What, or what is your package that you that you're willing f- f- to send for Eric Bledsoe? Well, again, I'm still not sure that they would want Fareed, just because Fareed might help them win, and and that would be bad for them basically from their their standpoint of what they want from this season, which is a giantly high right. draft pick. Um, right. Which is so... odd because they fired the coach who was losing by 40 being terrible he, yeah he but yeah but you job. know <laughs> uh, well that's the nuggets did the same thing remember when they could have had a top three pick and instead you know uh won their way to seven because they had to yeah. fire brian shaw because we had a one two three six weeks thing happen here um <laughs> yeah which was which was bad yeah sometimes you just can't let what the culture degrade what like was that. the lame excuse what was the lame excuse for the one, two, three, six weeks? I I don't Do remember? remember, but it was there Something was again about. there was there was no good reason for that. So yeah, it, the same thing right. was happening. The same thing was happening with uh, as far as we can tell anyway. Um, in Phoenix, where um, where Earl was uh, saying one thing to the players and not taking the company wine from the Suns, and so people were getting mad that that stuff was happening that they had no control over or they didn't trust their coach or they didn't trust the front office. So the front office said, we can't be having this nonsense and fired the coach. And that, right. you know, that's what all the rumors are saying anyway, that, that happened on there. And I understand that you can't let that go on and fester for a season. The front office is trying to build, you know, relationships with their young team. They need that team to, if not trust them to not be hearing from their coach every day that they suck. And that, uh, none of the, <laughs> That right. none of these uh, roster control or this roster situation is out of his control. You sometimes you got to be a company man, and he was not. And and by buddying up to the players, he got himself fired. And that that happens. Yeah. I don't I don't blame them for that. But now they're still trying to get that low seed. They they still don't really want to win a lot. And I'm sure that rotations will be interesting as they get into the season. And they try to make sure they stop this little winning thing that they're happening right now. Because right. um, they're, they're so not interested like... in it. So do you think they're they're more more so more or less like interested in guys like uh, maybe maybe they want to go after a guy like a a Wancho Hernan Gomez or or a Malik? I, yeah, see, or... yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Is is that basically if if you're gonna trade something to them, they want a good young player, uh, maybe a couple of good young players, maybe a draft pick. But our draft picks, in theory should be later in the draft. And if they're not later in the draft, they right. should be protected. Like, there's no way we give them right. a lottery pick this year, so if we screw this up, you make sure that your pick is lottery protected. Like, there's no good reason not to do that. Um, yeah, I but if you're not going to give them the next two years. Seriously. So if you're not going to if you're not gonna give them a lottery pick, uh, then I would assume they'd be looking for young talent. So I would think something like... Um, I've been saying for a while that, like, Moutier and Beasley... Because Beasley could be a nice backup to Devin Booker, um, right. you know, and then you've got Moutier to be a, a as a point guard option for your team, and you can see what you've got. 
Um, you'd throw right. in like um, Darrell Arthur for salary matching purposes, but he's not going to really play, so he can, won't help them win. You know, those are the kind of measures that you can do to make sure that um, they get some of the young players they need. Uh, and you don't you don't have to uh, you don't wind up giving up somebody like Fareed and right. you can hopefully at least clear out some of your your backlog of talent. I mean, maybe if you can get rid of Trey Wiles as well as Darrell Arthur, that might help you with your situation as well. But you're trying not to take back too many pieces. You want Bledsoe and it's very hard to do a one for three in this in this league because there's you know, everybody already has their roster spots full. So right, exactly. it, yeah. it complicates things. But and yeah, the, that's um... that's the sort of thing I'd be looking at. Yeah, and so and that that one does work. I mean, it works salary. It definitely works out salary wise, which is one thing that you have to consider with these trades because the Nuggets are um, are, are above the cap now, so they um, they can't that that it's they're not at the luxury tax, so it's not like they're 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 having to pay any of that. But they um, they they do have certain rules that apply to them now as far as trades are concerned. So they have to figure out Bledsoe makes fourteen point five million a season. They've got to get within, get pretty close to that salary um, to make a trade work. So you have to include, you almost have to include either Freed, Chandler, or Arthur. One of those guys is yeah. probably going to have to be involved because otherwise you've got to add in like four or five players to make the salaries work. Um, right, and that's which, just hard to do. Which is, again, this, the Suns just aren't going to do that. They're not going to take, they're, they're not going to cut that many guys um, from their own roster. Yeah. I, I like I like where your head's at, and I think I think if you're if you're adding Fareed, which is so funny, man, we go so back and forth on Fareed all the time. But uh, right now, where I'm at is like, man, I would not get rid of a Kenneth Fareed. Like, I think he's he's got a great role. I want I want I want Fareed. If there's one guy on the team right now, I'm like, we should get him more minutes. It's Kenneth Fareed because he's playing. Um, he's exactly what they need. They need they need Kenneth Fareed to buy in more on defense and and, and really use his physical tools uh, to become a, a stout defender for them because he he can do it. But yeah, people keep saying he can do that. He's, he uh, have you ever seen him do that, Ashley? Like, have right, you ever exactly. been like, man, his defense yeah, is amazing. Gonna buy in. Right. He he can, but he won't. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's so, not that's not where he's focused. But 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 at the same time, like that's that's not a guy I want to give up uh, if I'm the Denver Nuggets. So I'm I'm right there with you, Gordon. To me, the the fair payment um, <clears throat> for a guy like Eric Bledsoe is going to be something with with Darrell Arthur being like, okay, here's some salary um, that you're going to have to take. We'll get Emmanuel Mudiay because he is um, he he's a point guard who you can then uh, who you can then kind of move on from the. From the Bledsoe, Knight, uh, Isaiah Thomas, that whole weird trio of point guards that they had, or Goran Dragic when they had him, like right. you finally just get you're you're moving past all that, and and now you've got Moutier, who if he's good, you know, great. Then you found a great uh, a young point guard you can use. If he sucks, great. Then that means you're gonna get all the higher draft pick or, or lottery uh, lottery odds. So I think he's involved, <clears throat> and then I I would try and, and instead of giving up a guy like Beasley. Um, who makes it makes one point? I I would try and either make it Trey Lyles, um, Tyler Lydon, one of those one of those power forwards, yeah, young power I forwards. That. I would. You don't want to give up Wancho, obviously. Maybe that's that's what you have to do to try and push it over the top, though. Um, Wancho would do it. I think that's where you're at. Is that Wancho would do it? The problem is, um, you, a you don't want to give up, and b right. trying to get Trey Lyles or Tyler Lydon onto that team is tough when they've already got uh. 
Marquise Chris and uh, uh, Dragon Bender and you know all their oh, they're playing you know fours as fives because they have so many you know you've got Josh Jackson right. who can play a four or a three like you they have a their roster is weirdly situated like our roster is you know it, it's right. it's hard to make sure that they get what they want out of the deal without you giving up one of the guys that you hope is going to become more of a serious rotation player like Wancho so. Right, right. Ashley, what about you? What what do you think is 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 the right price for Eric Bledsoe? You know, it's funny because after I wrote in the round table, um, I started thinking about it a little bit more, and it kind of changed my perspective a little bit because my my initial thought was, yeah, you know, Bledsoe would be great. Let's you know give up Moutier, and obviously that's not going to be, you know, Moutier for Bledsoe, and deal's done. So obviously you'd have to give up like Darrell Arthur or something more valuable. I'm with you guys. Right. I don't think Kenneth Farid should go. But I think that, okay, if we're going to change the offense like this right now, then we really need to, to think about bigger than Eric Bledsoe, right? Because it's like, what are we trying to do? We're just trying to get some experience off the bench to help Murray because now we're, we're focusing too much on the point guards and not running the offense through Jokic. So I think, you know, until they get the, the offense figured out and get a clear direction, you know, okay, get Bledsoe, get whoever you want, but you're still going to have these problems until you have a, an idea of where you want to be. Well, and that's really a, a, the question is what you're going to do with, like, how do you fit Bledsoe in and does he fit in next to Jokic? Because a lot of people right. would describe Eric Bledsoe as a, a high-usage chucker, basically, uh, even though I don't right. I don't personally believe that's his game, but that's pretty much what they asked him to do in, in Phoenix. And one of the reasons I think that Phoenix was bad, like that's there are reasons that they that they weren't great and that his best year there were his early years where he wasn't playing that way. So but whether whether Bledsoe's the right fit is absolutely a question, especially when right now we're we're using too much uh, emphasis on a point guard and not enough on Jokic. So like you said, they better figure that out. Yeah, I just I don't don't know. What I was going to say is, I think, yeah, I, I, like you were pointing out, uh, Gordon. I mean, in Phoenix, they they didn't really have any other choice but to, un, at least until Devin Booker came along. Um, but for the most part, when, when Bledsoe's played for them, because he hasn't played as much uh, the past couple seasons, he's been dealing with some injuries. But when he played, when he was, it was, I think it was maybe like three, three or so years ago, um, he played. He played basically a full season for him. Um, as as their starting point guard, uh, right. he he actually that was if you look yeah I got it right here that was actually his lowest usage um, with the with the team uh, exactly so he and, and then he was of course even lower back when he was with the Clippers but he was he was a backup and played played a lot of two point guard lineups with uh, Chris Paul there but um, but so he I I don't think that he can or that he can't play next to Jokic I think he's got. Uh, the ability to do it. I don't think you need to use him. I don't think you need. He needs to get twenty eight percent usage um, per per game, like he did there in Phoenix uh, the past the past two seasons. Um, but I I understand the concerns because he is a guy who is. I mean, Eric Bledsoe is not a great spot up shooter. Um, he he can be a decent cutter, or he's got the ability to be a cutter. But again, we haven't seen it necessarily uh, in Phoenix. And and he doesn't um, 
you know, he he's best when he's again creating for himself or for others with the ball in his hands. He's great at driving, uh, at getting into the lane, which will work well with Jokic and, and Millsap. But I, it's it's like you guys are saying, it's it's concerning because. It's, it's a change from what's been working for you this whole time. But if Jamal Murray is not going to hit shots, which which he hasn't, and, and we always we always say oh, he'll, he'll figure it out, but what if he doesn't, you know? Um, if Emmanuel Moutier is going to continue to turn the ball over like he has um, to where he can't be really trusted with it, you got to do something. And I don't know that there's another... I don't know that there's another point guard out there right now who's available um, who's going to help this team win uh, like like or help them compete at a high level like Bledsoe. Well, I, yeah, I, I just go ahead, Ashley. I just think the entire situation is a little um, reactive. You know, obviously the Nuggets were talking about Bledsoe over the summer with the draft and they, they really did terrible in the draft, but now that the offense isn't going great, they're they've let Jameer Nelson go, and so now they're going to try to get Bledsoe, and it's just it's just this constant behind the ball trying to chase whatever, and they don't really have a plan. It's just it's it's all craziness to me. So maybe Bledsoe will help, but to be frank, I don't think he will until they figure out what the direction they want to head is. Well, I, I think it would help just because when you their point guards are so bad. Like, they're just not ready. But they're exactly. just not ready. But, like, if you're looking at point guards in the league, they're, like, the 58th and 60th best point guards in the league. Like, you can't be running an offense, especially an offense that's, right. you know, too far aimed toward getting point guard contributions. You can't run that with guys who are that bad at it. If you're going to run any offense like this, you're going to have to do it with somebody like Bledsoe, who is, you know, a top 15 point guard in the league. You know, he's a good player. Like, I, I don't understand um, necessarily why they didn't go after a point guard this summer. Um, but right. that let alone cut Jameer. But now that you're in this position, the best point guard available to you um, is definitely Bledsoe. And, you know, he's a talented guy with a, a, a usable contract. You know, it's he's not going to kill you in salary. He's making a couple million more than Mason Plumlee's making. You know, right. it's his 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 salary for his position, and Mason Plumlee's not the fifteenth best center in the league. You know, so when you're talking about you know money for talent, his his cost per talent ratio is fine. You know, Bledsoe's probably underpaid a little bit right now. Um, right. Yeah. Absolutely. So so as far as cost to get him, and and because he's driven his own value down, if you're only giving up a couple of young players and a and a you know a busted player for him. You know, you that's why you've spent all this time accumulating assets to use some of them. The biggest problem right. Denver keeps having is that they don't actually use any of their assets. And so, you know, Jameer gets fired instead of being traded to Cleveland last year for a, a pick. And then, um, you know, Gallo doesn't get traded and we Gallo get like walks. a 50. Yeah, we get a we get a second rounder in the 50s instead of getting a first <laughs> rounder in the late, you know, the late 20s. You know, Chandler right. doesn't get moved. Barton doesn't get moved. And so they've never moved these assets. They spent all of this time accumulating. They just accumulate them. You know, at least with Bledsoe, you, you take some stuff off the board. You clear up your roster a little bit and you go get the best player in the deal, which usually is what you want to do. If you can clear up your roster confusion and get the best player, work out the rest of it. You know, mm. for, so in that sense, I'm not I'm not concerned about his fit. I'm more concerned about the Nuggets actually, you know, committing to something. That would be awesome to see. 
Well, I worry though, like if because so Bledsoe, you know, I I obviously believe his tweet was about (laughs) his team. Yeah. So if he comes to the Nuggets, it's like, okay, well, I mean, obviously there's going to be a period of frustration, right? And so is that going to happen here? Is he going to get bored and upset and do that here? So that's a concern for sure. Well, yeah, but one of my reasons for Bledsoe. For Bledsoe, I just I just assume that, you know, he's he's got one last big contract to get. That's his next contract in you know a year and eighty games. So, right. uh, you know, two years from now, he wants to be in a good situation. He doesn't want to ride out this year with Phoenix. He doesn't want to keep tanking his value. He's got to prove that he is worth a giant contract. You know, in twenty nineteen. You know, otherwise it's all over. Like he he needs to be able to do that in the same way that uh, he does. He just want to have them to have that leverage over him. So right. as a guy looking for his own leverage, he's going to want to be able to commit to something and showcase that he can do you know real work. Now Jokic offense may not be that that good for him, but it worked fine. Jameer looked good in it by the time he left. You know, there may right. be an adjustment period, but Bledsoe can look good in this offense. Um, I know some people have some fit concerns, but I really don't. Um, He's he's a bit turnover prone, but he makes it worth it by the assists and the scoring that he gets. You know, I yeah no I, I yeah no I mean I get it like and, and I'm with you guys I I would um I'm with it. I mean I I I think they should they should make a move I think I think his value is is, is low enough uh, to where to where you can you can probably get him fairly fairly decent It's all going to come down to really if if the Bucks want to give up Malcolm Brogdon because if they do then then they'll get him and if not then I think the Nuggets will um probably true but. We are uh, we are we are running right up against it. So I want to just real quick, real quick. Um, Gordon, are the Nuggets? Do the Nuggets get the win against the against the Nets on Sunday? Um, I'm gonna go yes, but that's against my better judgment. <laughs> Ashley, what about you? Do you got the Nuggets beating the Nets on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it, for my own moral, I have, yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Very committed right. answers from us. They need it. They, well, they, they, hey, listen. They need it to. Uh, they, they need, they need it. to get 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 the win to, to make this road trip not a total disaster. Uh, so, uh, with that, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that they they win as well. Uh, we'll be positive. Um, so there you go. We covered the Nets. That's that's all we got the time Woo. for um, on here on here on the pickaxe. So, uh, <laughs> Mr. Gordon Gross, he's at G Money Nugs. Uh, Ashley is at. Um, you're at oh, NBA. Ashley NBA hoops. There you go. I knew I, I was trying to remember <laughs> if the NBA came before the Ashley or not. Um, I am of course at Zach Mikosh. Uh, Denver Stiffs is at Denver Stiffs. You want to also follow nothing but Net Radio at NBN Radio. Um, and like I said, you want to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We appreciate you guys. We will be back next week at 4 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Central. Um, talking Nuggets. So talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.
It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.